good to see everybody here this morning. Let's go ahead and jump right in. I know that Christmas is only a few hours away. And hopefully all of you have your Christmas shopping done. Gentlemen, you only have a couple more hours, so you better have it in mind where you're going, what you're doing. You know, yesterday I uh, went by the Northeast Mall and was walking through there, and I saw a lot of anxious men looking around different stores, and I have to be honest, I was looking for Gwen a present. I went into Dillard's and into the... uh, Yeah, that was not an advertisement for Dillard's, by the way. But I went into Dillard's and I went through the ladies' shoe department. Now, I've played basketball with men before, you know, and they've got the, you know, the, let me tell you, the ladies' shoe department is vicious. And they looked at me like, you must not be from around here. I picked out a pair and I said, I don't know what I'm looking for. And so she said, how about this? And I said, good. Can I take it back? She didn't like it? Yes. Wrap it up. So I got home and Gwen says, I love it. So I, I did good. And when, when I gave it to her, here's the deal. I was waiting for Christmas and I was so glad because she came out. I mean, I wasn't home five minutes and she goes, I want you to unwrap my gift. And I said, okay, do you want yours now? Like I've had it forever. You know, it was minutes old. So I had it in hand, ready just to to give it to her, and it was great. There's something about Christmas, and you know, how many people have celebrated 10 Christmases in your life? (laughs) Some of you are going, one, two. So if you've celebrated several Christmases in your life, and we won't go into detail and have you raise your hand, 10, 20, 30, 40, you know, all that. But, But if you've celebrated a lot of Christmas... You know, every year it seems like it comes around faster, doesn't it? And in every year there's things that, that are good in tradition, you know, because we know that we do things biblically to remind us. We, we take the Lord's Supper uh, every month to remind us of what God did, giving us His Son to die on the cross. And we're so thankful. And, and that's kind of really, when you think about it, the, the celebrating of a holiday Christmas of and just an amazing time that we can hopefully reflect on God's love for us. You know, we look back in, in where we are today in the season in our country, and, you know, it seems like it grows darker and darker because of just our country wanting maybe to take Christ out of Christmas. And we can become so busy and so familiar, everybody with me, familiar with Christmas that we kind of, expect things to happen. It's kind of autopilot. And if we're not careful, we we begin to lose hope and our foundation becomes shaken of really who God is in our life. If if we're not careful, we we begin to, you know, like I said before in a a book, you know, there's several uh, table contents and several chapters of that book. And there's several chapters in our life as believers. But God is not just one chapter. Our relationship with God, He goes through every chapter, every season of our life. This morning, I want us to see, in this Christmas, I'm claiming and I'm putting my faith in Isaiah 54 verse 10. Listen to these words. 
Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. So this Christmas, we don't have to question, God, are you there? Do you love us? Let me tell you this morning, if you've messed up yesterday, you can be forgiven. Let me ask you to get up, repent, and say, God, forgive me. And the Word of God says He will never leave us nor forsake us. This morning, it gives us the hope, again, that Christ's birth is really God's ultimate sign of His love for you and for me. To be able to give us His Son, and we know Him at this time of year as a a baby. But can I tell you, He grew into a man and willingly died on the cross for you and me that our sins would be forgiven. That's the love that our God has for us. Again, without hope, we become shaken And when you become shaken, there's a point of becoming discontented in life. And if you're not careful, depression slips in, and then it's not long until defeat sets in. But this morning, I'm here to give us good news that God has caused us and enabled us to be overcomers in this world. This morning, I want to preach a message to get us to a point of where we are So where God says, I love you, don't take me as familiar. Don't take me as commonplace. I'm the creator of the universe. I created the planets. I created the earth. I created your body. I created everything. And you know what? I loved you so much that I died for you. And that's the reason for Christmas. Sometimes we get the purpose of Easter. But so many times we lose the purpose of Christmas in the Christmas tree. You know what I mean? With the Christmas trees and the... And this morning, I want you to know that sometimes the things that we go through at Christmas and trying to get all the things chalked off the list, we forget the purpose. We forget that God has everything that we need. Years ago, out on the ocean... Navy ships that did not have communications through uh, walkie-talkies, and then it came into radios and different things of communication. The way that they would communicate from one ship to the other ship was through flags. And they had to memorize different signals to communicate. I heard a story about a ship that had been out for, for weeks, and they had run out of water. And now they're going on their third day. They had been without food for days. And they're almost ready to die because they could not find water and they're in the middle of the ocean. And they sold a ship. And when it got close enough, they began to to signal, we need water. We need water. And the other ship, being a larger ship, signaled back to that ship, let down your buckets. And they looked at each other and they thought, what? Maybe they misunderstood. Maybe they don't know how to read signals. Maybe we signal wrong. Try it again. And we need water. And the signal came back again. Let down your buckets. So they looked at one another and they said, Well, 
They're so far out, it's going to be maybe an hour or two before they get here. Let's, let's try. And they let down their buckets. And there's kind of a phenomenon that right as the Amazon River pours out into that part of the ocean, for 200 miles, the force of the river pushes that salt water further and further, up to 200 miles out and pushes the heavier salt water down. And the fresh water pours into the ocean. And so that ship had let down its buckets and brought it back up and began to taste what they thought was no good or worthless water, but it ended up being clean, pure, refreshing water. And this morning, I'm talking to you that during this Christmas, so many people are excited, and maybe you are, and I hope you are, but there are so many people that go through times and they just get in this routine of Christmas and they go, you know, really, what is this time of the year? And they never realize that everything that God has provided for them, for happiness, for joy, for being an overcomer in this world, is right there with them. The presence of God in their life. And I'm challenging you today, if you're in that place to let down your bucket, God has everything that you need. The verse that I want you to think about is Psalms 119. Psalms 119, verse 18. And the psalmist says it this way, Open my eyes to spiritual truth so that I may behold wonderful things from your law. You know, sometimes I hear people say something of depression. I say, well, have you, have you got a word that speaks against that depression? Do you have a word in the, in the Bible that, that speaks joy into your life and gives you hope? And they go, well, I've read it a long time ago, the Bible, but I really haven't read it in a while. Let me tell you, as I've said many times, that faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. Well, Pastor, I'm tired of you saying hearing. Hearing the Word of God. Is when the Word of God becomes in, it is again reminding us, even though you might know it and you say, you know what, I've gone to church a hundred years. Maybe you've just gone to church one year and you haven't heard the Word of God again in your life for your situation. This is the time of Christmas. And in the book of Luke, it opens up with a, probably one of the best descriptions of the whole early days of Mary and Joseph and the baby. I believe because Luke was a doctor, he's a little bit more detailed oriented and kind of painted a kind of a... I'd love a more vivid picture, but probably the most... Vivid picture in Luke chapter 1 it says, and, and I'm just going to kind of paraphrase because I know that a lot of you have heard this story before, but, but have you? In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth, a town in Galilee. Now think about that. We just got off a series of sermons called, Tell Me Your Story. Can you imagine if Mary was here and she was telling her story? It was an angel! Was his name Gabe? Gabriel, don't you say Gabe. I mean, she probably had it all down. Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to virgin, pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. 
the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Now you can imagine if you were there, and we've said this before, but you, you would be probably the same way Mary is. It says this, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. <laughs> That's a nice way of saying, Do what? You are an angel. She wondered, what kind of greeting? Okay. And then they always start off, do not be afraid. <laughs> Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call his name Jesus. He will be great, and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Now, now think about this. As you're in this story, this is the first time that you're hearing a revelation of what your future is going to be. This is Mary. And she comes up with the question that everybody's thinking, but not too many people probably want to ask, and this is it. How will that be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. Now listen to this. For no word from God will ever fail. Hmm. Now what would her response be? See, some of us, that all of us, probably have known the story before. She has a choice. She says, I am the Lord's servant. May your word be to me that be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. The next scene in this book of Luke, is a, is a scene of the shepherds out on the field. The pastors are keeping their watch by night. We know the songs, we sing them. But I want you to grasp that this is a familiar situation for the shepherds. This isn't a, a, a different kind of night. They're doing what they've always done before, and they get a surprise. As you can imagine, if you know the story, it says that on the night there was shepherds living out in their fields nearby, keeping watch of their flocks at night. Here he comes again, another angel. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. See, a lot of people say, I'd like to see an angel. Apparently, people that see an angel are terrified. So think about it. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. And it says, today in the day, in the town of David, a Savior is born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. One year I read it, lay, wrapped in cloths, clothes, clothes, closet, closet. I couldn't get it right, but it was lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, so now there's not just one angel, but there's a whole heavenly host. It's a choir. Have you ever thought, who is writing this years later? We know it's in the book of Luke, but somebody had to tell Luke this story. Just my thought could have been Mary and Joseph. The angels are singing, glory to God in the, in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those of whom his favor rests. When they leave, it says, go into Bethlehem and see this for yourself. The, the 
shepherds go into the town and it says, when they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby was laying in a manger, and when they, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about the child. And all who had heard it were amazed what the shepherds said to them. Now, I want you to catch this next part because this is part of my message to you this morning. It says in verse 19, But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Now, I want you to skip down to verse 21, and it says, On the eighth day, now the baby has been born, and eighth day they're going to present him at the temple for dedication. It says, When it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, and the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as is written in the law, every firstborn is to be consecrated to the Lord and, and to offer a sacrifice. So they take him to the temple for dedication. And, and just kind of want to summarize this next part is there's two senior citizens there. These, this is a man named Simeon and another lady, an older lady named Anna. These are godly people that everybody in that area just recognized as holy and righteous people. They had dedicated their life to God and, and they worshiped in the temple continually. Now, now, here's what I want you to hear is because here is Simeon, this very godly man, and he takes the baby and he's been waiting to see the redemption of Israel. And out of the blue, he comes and Mary and Joseph hear him talking about this, takes the baby, and it says, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations. A light for revelation to the Gentiles. Aren't you glad? Because we're Gentiles. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. Now, I want you to hear this next passage because I'd already uh, pointed out another passage before this, but it's similar to this next passage. It says this, when Mary and Joseph are listening to Simeon, it says the child's father and mother marveled at what he said about him, the baby. That they're marveling. They're saying, are you? Wow. Now let me just kind of rehash to this point before we get to Anna. Mary and Joseph, Mary has been visited by an angel stating what's going to happen. It happened. And, and we know that Joseph was like, I don't know. And then he gets a dream. And yes, there's revelation that it, this is of God. And, and so they, they, they come to the manger and, and shepherds come in. And everything is just going what God has told them. He's a promise keeper. So Simeon says this. And again, Mary's going, wow. I don't know how you marvel, but that's how I marvel. There's a prophetess named Anna, the daughter of Peniel of the tribe of Ashner. She was very old. If I'm ever in the Bible, I don't want them to describe me like that. John, he was very old. Okay. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day. This is her reputation. She never left the temple day and night, fasting and praying. 
coming up to them at the very moment, that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Now, again, I want you to see through Mary's eyes. She has been told something and now she's experienced it. There's all kinds of what we call revelation or the light bulb going on. Wow, this is awesome. My son that has just been born is the Messiah that the people of earth have been waiting on. Now, we could talk about Herod the king and how he wanted to kill the baby. And we could talk about how God prepared a way for them to escape that area. We could talk about uh, different characteristics or characters in the Bible story like the wise men. And and how they came and they presented gifts of gold, silver, and frankincense. Just perfect what was needed. Now, stop stop and think again. Here's through Mary's eyes. We we read this story thousands of years later. but, But think through Mary's eyes. Just think how she's seeing this. What seemed to be impossible... It's possible, and and it's taking place right in front of her. Can we all agree that Mary must have had confirmation that God was in this? This morning, just as a way of retelling this story before I get into my points, I want you to see it from a different way, a comical video that I want to show. These guys are called the skit guys. Watch this. Like it before. You see, Caesar has issued this decree that everybody must come back to their hometown and be registered for the census. Vendors are selling things like mad. It would take a complete miracle to top what I've seen here in Bethlehem. I mean, a complete miracle. Before I get ahead of myself, my name is Stuart, and this is my inn, the Bethlehem Bed and Breakfast. We were going to call it the Holiday Inn, but we just never thought it would catch on. It's been quite a night, I tell you. There was this couple that came later on after all the rooms were full. Um, This couple came up, and the girl, she said, Please, sir, do you have any place for us to stay? And I told them like I've told everybody, I'm sorry, but this inn is full. But she looked at me, and she said, Please, we've been traveling for 85 miles. We are so tired. And my wife, she heard the whole conversation, and she saw something that I didn't see. She saw that this girl was pregnant, and she kind of jabbed me in the gut, and I knew that that meant, A, I find them a place to sleep tonight, or B, I find myself a place to sleep tonight, so I chose A. And I told them they could stay in the barn. The barn, it is no place for any human to be. I mean, it's full of hay and manure and animals, but that's all I had. And they were thankful. And as they were walking to the barn, the gentleman, I think his name was Joe, he turned around and he said, God bless you. Then he placed his hand on his wife's stomach and he said, because he's about to bless us. You should have seen this couple. There was something so different about them, something amazing. You should have seen the way they treated each other, the way he treated her. The only word that I can describe it is um, a word we don't even use that much, but it's the only word that I can think of. Holy. I, I know it's an odd word, but, but you should have seen them. They were just set apart. There was just something different about them. 
You know what? It's just too hard to describe. Uh, describe your rooms for me, please. Pardon me? Your rooms. I need a place to stay tonight. I'm sorry, but all my rooms are full. There is no vacancies here. Oh, you're telling me. This whole census thing. I mean, I wasn't even going to come, but then my CPA said I had to, so here I am. Well, you're out of luck here, sir. Oh, you, come on. You got to have something. I mean, I got money, and I know I didn't misread the sign. Sign? What are you talking about? I turned the vacancy sign off about half an hour ago. No, no, not that. Uh, the, the star over there, you know? I, I've been following that star for like a half an hour, you know? I mean, I just knew it meant vacancies. Apparently it meant unvacancies. I mean, that star there, you can't deny it. It's shining right over your inn. Ah, uh, you know what? Come to think of it, it's, it's really not over your inn. It's, it's over your barn. <laughs> but you wouldn't be people in your barn, would you? No, not even a pregnant woman. What? Nothing. Keep talking. Well, listen, <laughs> you, you got to have something for me. You know what? All I have for you is just a, um, just a nice cup of coffee. Ooh, no, no. I, I, I get kind of jittery if I drink caffeine at night. No, no, no. It's the caffeinated drink up. You sure that's decaffeinated? Because it tastes like the real thing. Oh, yes. That's the secret of new Pharaoh's naturally brewed decaffeinated coffee. It tastes like regular, but it's decaffeinated. Axiom coffee. That, my <laughs> friend, is a good cup of joe. That's right. That's you right. know, uh, the only thing that I really need here is... Uh, Some bread? Man, nah. Now that is some good bread. You like that, do you? I got a whole slew of them down at Old Man Moses' Deli down the street. You can pick some up for breakfast in the morning. Yeah. It's good. I just wish it didn't have all that butter on it. I'm trying to watch my weight. That is a butter substitute. Huh? Tastes like butter. Mm -mm, no. Half the calories and fat is regular margarine or butter. You sure it's not butter? It's not butter. Mm. I can't believe it's not butter. Nope. <laughs> well, listen, friend, thank you for these things, but uh, where can I lay my head tonight? Let's see here. Um, you know what? There is a motel down the street. It's the second, no, the, the it's the sixth motel. All right, Motel Six. Yes, yes, the one with the lights on. Ah. <laughs> Well, thank you very much, and merry census to you. Whoa, 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 merry census. Oh, yes, this census is huge. It's the biggest thing to hit in years. I mean, it's turned commerce on its ears, you know? So I coined this phrase, merry census. <laughs> Even had it trademarked, huh? So, merry census to you. I like that, merry census. You owe me a dollar. <laughs> he followed that star as some type of sign. Maybe it could be a sign, huh? It is shining unusually bright over my barn, but a sign? No, no, there's, there's just no way. My wife, she would look at that star and she would think, maybe it's a God thing. No, 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 no. Stuart, get a hold of yourself. There is no way that that star means anything. There is no way that God has a purpose for that star. But what if? No, no, that, that, that is just crazy. No. This is crazy. This is crazy. Pardon me? I know what's going on inside your barn. You I've been in your barn. You smell like my barn. Oh, that's just the sheep dip. I'm a shepherd. How do you know about my barn? <laughs> the star. The star said it all. Then the, the angel alien things. Look, there I was. I was just minding my own sheep, right? And my sheep were like, <laughs> you know? And, and then that alien angel thing appeared, and it was like, ah! And then I was all like, ah! And then that alien angel thing said, fear not. 
And then what? What, what? After the ba and the ah and the ah, then, huh. then what? And then he said, the alien angel said, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy that shall be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in cloths and laying in a manger. And then all of a sudden there's a bunch of the alien angel things all over. And they were all over. And so then we came to your barn. And, and it was just like they said. We walked in. Out came the baby. <laughs> How do you know all this? It's etched inside my brain. The alien angels put it in there. I gotta tell everybody I come in contact with. Did you hear that? No, no, I did not. No. I gotta go. Uh, Mary Census, you owe me two dollars. <laughs> so the girl had a baby, and that shepherd believes an angel led him. To my barn. A shepherd really believes that God has a purpose for that star. The shepherd sees miracles every day, and, and I, I keep waiting for one. A miracle would be God showing himself in the flesh. Now, that would be a complete miracle. But I can't, I can't get away from all the things he said. I mean, maybe, maybe God has a purpose for that star. Maybe it's guiding some weary travelers tonight. I think it would take a very wise man to answer that question. We're going to find a wise man in this place. Is this the place? The place? Place, the place. Come on, I've got time to waste. All right, all right. Don't be in such a haste. What's in the case? <laughs> the case. The case. Ah, this is the place. What's your name? Reuben King. King Stewart. You can call me Rue. Call me Stu. Here's my card. <laughs> I deal in impossibilities. Impossibilities? That's my job. All right, all right. What's in the case? A barrage. Barrage of what? Bulk. What kind of bulk? Expensive bulk. For who? The baby. The baby? How did you know about the baby? I followed the star. You followed the star? I followed the star to the baby in the barn. You followed the star to the baby in the barn in Bethlehem? Basically. The baby, the star, impossible. That's my job. All right, all right. No more braiding around. Watch your beef. Can I bounce a secret off you? And as he leaned in closer, I could only think of one thing. Tic-tac. Ah, thank you. And only one and a half calories per minute. Bingo. Here's the deal, Stu. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to be straight. I'm going to be frank. I'm going to be coy. I'm going to be Kurt. I'm going to be Captain Kirk. I'm not going to pull the wool over your eyes. I'm going to lay all my cards out on the table. Get on with it, Rue. All right, Stu. The baby in the barn. What about the baby in the barn? The baby in the barn is the son of God. The baby in the barn is the son of God? Impossible. That's my job. <sighs> okay, okay. I, Rue, I'm trying to get my head around all this. How did all this happen? She said yes. She said yes. And the impossible became possible. And to think, I left the Messiah in the cold tonight. I'd hate to be you. Well, listen, I'm getting inside that barn. By the way, um, if two of my associates show up and a drummer boy... Send whoa, 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 a drummer boy? A little drummer boy. What does a little drummer boy do? He's going to bang on his drums. He's going to bang on his drums? He's going to bang on his drums for the baby in the barn. He's going to ba bang on his drums for the baby in the barn in Bethlehem. Basically. Beautiful. What ballad? Ba-rum-pa-pum-pum. Ba-rum-pa-pum-pum. You tell him to play his drums for him. Oh, he'll play his best for him. Ba-rum-pa-pum-pum. 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 Catchy. Yeah, I think so. Hmm. Well, before you go, Mary Census. What? Mary Census. I mean, it's the biggest thing that's happened to Bethlehem, so Mary Census. <laughs> The biggest thing to happen to Bethlehem and the world is what's going on in your barn right now. No, no, you should be saying, Mary, Mary had the Christ child in a barn after following a star all day. Day. I gotta figure out how to shorten that. Mm. Well, I'm off to the barn. 
Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, it's starting to happen. Bethlehem will soon be waking up and they'll be wanting food in their stomachs and they'll be getting in their own little world. What they won't realize is that a Savior has just entered the world. What a night. A silent night. (laughs) A holy night. There's that word again. (laughs) And I think I almost missed this. Even in my own home. (laughs) Yes. Rest, child. Rest while you can, child. For your work is just about to begin. Speaking of work, I, I might as well begin my work too. So Mary sends... No, Stuart, don't miss this. Don't make it about money and things. Because it's about... It's about the Christ child. Christ. Yes. Merry Christmas. Yes. Merry Christmas. Pretty comical, but pretty good, isn't it? You know, here, this video is entitled The Innkeeper's Dilemma. He is right in the middle of all the action that's going on and really doesn't realize it. And every year that I come to Christmas, if I'm not careful, I'll go right through Christmas and again, just get in a routine that I really don't appreciate the purpose of Christmas. When I think about, here's Jesus, and he's born at this time, and Mary is able to witness all that you've just heard. Now, fast forward for 30 years. Jesus is a man. He is stepping into his ministry. And let me just ask you, do you know how Jesus' ministry of miracles took place? Where was the first miracle? It was at the wedding at Canaan. A wedding where his mother, Mary, said, they need you. And probably gave him that look that he knew. And even though he said, it's not my time, Mary turns to the servants and says, whatever he says to do, do it. The story goes on to say that Jesus takes these pots of water because they had run out of, really think about it, refreshments at a wedding. And the love of God comes in and turns water into wine and really through that miracle saves the day. But the point I want you to understand is this is his mother, Mary. The St. Mary that was told that she would have a son and that he would change the world. The St. Mary that talked to the shepherds, talked to the wise men, experienced all this revelation, all these things. And it was during the three years of Jesus' ministry, I want you to see. It is found in Mark chapter 3. This is a time where it's kind of, there's darker, of course, in the crucifixion time of his life. But this has to be a kind of a puzzling time in Jesus' life because the Bible says, or the, the Bible entitles this section, Jesus accused by his family and by teachers of the law. Mark chapter 3, verse 20, it says, Then Jesus entered a house, and again a crowd gathered, so that he and his disciples were not even able to eat. When his family heard about this, about all the things that he was doing, it says that they went to take charge of him. For they said, he is out of his mind. 
And the teachers of the law who had come down from Jerusalem said, He is possessed by Beelzebub, by the prince of demons, that he is driving out demons. Then Jesus' mother and brothers arrived. Standing outside, they sent someone in to call him. A crowd was sitting around him, and they told him, Your mother and brothers are outside looking for you. Who are my mother and my brothers? He asked. Lenny looked at those seated in the circle around him and said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. When I read that the first time, I remember thinking, What happened? Here is Mary. And somehow her opinion of Jesus has changed to thinking that he's out of his mind doing the things that he was doing and teaching the things that he was teaching and really coming into people's life and really just imposing a new way of thinking. The people that had the the same train of thought as traditional religious people would say, Jesus, you're you're teaching something that we're not used to. That's something that goes against what we feel comfortable with. To the point that I I read that passage where Mary comes into the situation. Now Joseph, we believe, is already passed away and his his brothers, half-brothers and sisters are there and they come in to be able to take him away. And this Christmas, maybe you've never heard this before, but I, I just wonder how many of us have basked in the revelation of Jesus Christ being the Savior of the world, coming to forgive us of our sins, and we step into that light and we say, oh, wow. And we begin to see a transformation begin to take place in our life of of, of freedom and victory as we sung about this morning. We've seen how God has made a, a, a way where there seems to be no way, a way maker. We've seen that He's been faithful and kept His promises and everything that He said He would do. But maybe this season in your life, maybe something has happened to you, happened to somebody around you, and you began to say, God, I just don't feel, I just don't sense your victory in my life. And as I've said before just a minute ago, that if we're not careful, the discontentment that we look at the things around us, we become depressed and it's not long until we become defeated. There's things that can slip into our lives and and begin to change us. We begin to say, God, do you really love me? This morning when I was going over my message, I began to think how many times that God has been faithful to me. And I began to say, God, I I don't want to have eyes that grow dim and I'm not seeing the obvious around me. That's why I use this passage in Psalms 119, verse 18. Listen to it again. Open my eyes to spiritual truth so that I may behold wonderful things from your law. God, your word is there for us. 
And God, in, in the times that we have conflict with people, there, there's a, something going on in our bodies or our loved one's bodies that need healing. And, and, and there's, there's something, maybe a financial problem that's going on in our life. And we go, God, where are you this time? Are you true? I'm going to encourage you this Christmas. As the illustration went earlier is to let down your bucket. To, to realize that everything that you need is right there. Open my eyes so that I might behold wonderful things, God. Can I give you just three quick points? The first point I want you to see is so many times when we think of the character of Jesus and how it's so easily communicated of in, in the Christmas story and, and how God has worked in our lives and, and all the things that God has done. When, when you come down to just explaining to common people, it sounds like madness that God loved us so much that He came and died for us. C.S. Lewis put it this way. A lot of people think Jesus is just a good teacher. But Jesus said that he was the Son of God. So C.S. Lewis made a great point. Either he's a liar. There's a lot of people that think he's a liar. Or he's a lunatic. Or he's Lord. And each one of us have to make that decision. Not just on a, on a time of a decision of making Jesus Lord of our life, but all through the relationship that we have with Him. It's not important what other men or other people say Jesus is. It's important who you say that Jesus is. He's the Son of God. This morning, the, the second thing that I want you to understand in, in my message this story of Jesus coming is an amazing miracle. And I think about Mary and I think, how in the world did she eventually get to the place where she thought Jesus was missing it? And I'm just going to give you my opinion. I wonder if her life had gotten so busy, things had changed so much. Maybe there was some challenges in her life going on at that time. Maybe there was pressure from people around her or just the peer pressure that we all feel uh, being politically correct you just fill in the blank whatever it was she got into a point where she began to question who Jesus was and I want you just in the next few minutes to begin to say has there been something that's come in your life because as we come to the end of 2018 and, and we'll have the candlelight service on Christmas Eve that is so beautiful again, reminding us and inviting the community as we always do. And then we'll, we'll end the year and have a happy new year and everybody will celebrate and some people will celebrate more that 18 is over and 19 starting. But has there been something that you can just honestly... Not between you and your wife. Not between you and somebody. Just you. You know. Has there been something that has come into your life that has questioned the identity of Jesus Christ, therefore questioning your identity as a child of God?
And then the last thing that I want you to think about is notice the sanity of the insane. You look at it and you think, there's several pictures of familiarity, just commonplace that we get in such a pattern of living life that begins to dull the joy of contentment. It, it, it amazes me that if you take a person that believes there, there is a God and, and that person believes that he has something to do with them, they believe that one day they're going to die. They believe that the future state is some way or another tied with God. And in some degree, it's a, it's a retribution of what they did here on earth. The majority of people believe this. But at the same time, there's a great number of people from Monday all the way to Saturday night that never thinks about God working in their daily life. Never allows him to influence their actions. Now this morning, for all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But the good news is that God gives us a gift of not only repenting and being forgiven of our sins, but do you understand that the day that we make that decision, that our eternity in Him begins? That we begin to become people that do not allow the pressures of this world, to, to not allow the, the soup that we live in to begin to change our temperature. Begin to influence us. There's times that we can see that coming on in our lives and we say, no, no. I'm not going to allow the familiarity of walking with God to become dull. Therefore, I become discontented. Therefore, I begin to question God's identity, being the Son of God. And then I begin to question my identity. This morning, if that is happening in your life, there's all kinds of warnings that are going off. There's emotions that are taking place. There's maybe conflict in relationships. There's a, a feeling of maybe, God, are you, are you going to come through this time again? In the next few hours, we're going to have Christmas. Just, I mean, just in a couple hours, it seems like. And... and in the next few hours leading up to the day that we've chosen as a, as a world to celebrate the birth of Jesus. I want you just to ask yourself and then to say, God, I make a commitment this year at Christmas to put you first in my life, even if you say first in my life again. And God, I choose to make you Lord of my life. Would you just bow your heads just for a few minutes? This morning as we come to the end of this message, we watched the movie or the video of the innkeeper and all this was happening right around him and he never knew that the Son of God was being born right in his barn.
this morning, the good news is God is all around you. And just because you have not sensed Him or feel Him doesn't mean that that's not true. And this morning, I want to just ask you, as we end this service and as really we're coming to the end of this year, you say, Pastor, I want to put God number one. I, I, want, to, I want to, again, re-evaluate where I put my priorities. I don't want to become so familiar with life that I, I've tripped and fallen into what everybody else says. I, I'm going to put God number one. This morning, if that's you, would you just raise your hand? I'm going to pray for you just real quick. Yeah, yeah. Who else? Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. The good news is, as you raise your hand, you know that God already knows that. And He's already there saying, man, I'm ready. Come on, let's go. It's a new year. New day. New beginning. Born again. Fresh. Second chance. He's the way maker. He's the promise keeper. He's the light in the dark. Thank you. Let's pray. Father, today you've seen these. God, that just raised their hand and said, yeah, I, I'm, I'm ready for a new day. I'm not going to allow familiarity, the, the, just the familiar life that I've lived to come in and to squeeze out the joy that God could be mine, the, the, the joy that you've already promised me. And Father, I pray for my, my friends. God, don't allow me either. God, I don't want ever allow anything to become number one in my life other than you. I want to seek you first in your kingdom and your righteousness. God, I know all the other things will fall into place. In your wonderful name I pray. Amen. Amen.